I hear a new apprentice you have, Emperor? Or should I call you Darth Sidious? Master Yoda, you survived. Surprised? Your arrogance blinds you, Master Yoda. Now you will experience the full power of the dark side. Welcome everyone from across the universe to the Wampa's Lair Podcast. Star Wars is for everyone, so pull up a chair, get comfortable, and join the conversation with your hosts, Carl LeClaire and Jason Hunt, here in the Wampa's Lair. And welcome back to another episode of the Wampa's Lair Podcast. This is episode number 413, Using the Dark Side. I'm, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt. And with me, the Lord Vader to my Emperor Palpatine, we have Carl Leclerc. It's not the east or the west side. No, it's not. It's not the north or the south side. No, it's not. It's the dark side. You are correct. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, man. little skit will never get old to me. I love it so much. Yeah, we we played that on repeat uh, last time we were together, and it was hilarious. <laughs> it's so good. Um, so, everybody, welcome to this Dark Side of the Force podcast. Uh, last week, we looked at some of, uh, some of the really cool moments where the light side is being used but this week we want to look at some incredible dark side force moments um so i'm looking forward to delving into the dark a bit with you jason excuse me yes i'm very much looking forward to this too uh the the light side is definitely where my heart is at but there's a lot of fun to be had on the dark side especially when you get into one of my favorite characters in the entire saga that of course being palpatine so Go for Papa Palpatine. Yeah. What the hell's an aluminum falcon? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, of course, we've got lots of pretty iconic and I'm sure fun dark side moments to talk between the two of us. And I'm excited to see what you've got to talk about uh, on your list, Jason. Um, but before we do, we had a matchup from last week where we took two big light side force moments and asked you to pick your favorite between these two scenes. And of course, one scene was from uh, chapter season one, chapter two of the Mandalorian where Grogu holds the mud horn at bay. So, and therefore protects the Mandalorian. And we put that scene up against the scene at the end of attack of the clones. When Yoda uses the force to levitate that pillar to protect Obi-Wan and Anakin when Dooku tried to crush them. So, Jason, uh, how did the Larians come down on this matchup? Uh, well, um, this was a little bit more one-sided than I thought it would be. Um, but here we go. Uh, Grogu, <laughs> in Season uh, 1, Chapter 2 of The Mandalorian, 
uh, came away with 63 votes from the Larians, whereas Yoda, at the end of Attack of the Clones, only 21. So, uh, pretty, pretty handy victory for the little green guy, or the littler <laughs> little green guy, I should say. So. <laughs> Um, what, what about you? Where where did you come down on this one, Carl? Uh, I'm, I'm I'm definitely with the majority on this one. Uh, I figure. Yeah, I'm not. You know, I'm not surprised that it was a little bit one sided because, um, I mean, it's Grogu, right? You put Grogu against a lot of things in Star Wars. There's a good chance he'll win. Um, you know, and yes. and this is the first moment where we see him use the Force. Obviously, I talked about this moment a little bit more in depth a few episodes ago, and we did our top five Mando and Grogu moments. This is my favorite moment for the two of them. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just so cool to see that kind of instinctual innate force ability in, in Grogu um, that just kind of impulsively reaches out to protect someone, which is just pure light side. And the moment with Yoda is really great. It's really fun. Um, It's literally Dooku using compassion against him, right? Like I've got to get out of here. So I'll threaten people, (laughs) you know, um, so it, I really enjoy that moment in attack of the clones, but, uh, that's the first time we see Grogu use the force. It's, it's just so cool to me. Um, so of course that's why I picked that one, but I'm curious where you fell up with this one. Oh man. I was, um, I was debating this one back and forth, like up until right before we started the podcast, uh, because I do love the Grogu moment a lot, but attack of the clones is super nostalgic for me. So it's really difficult for me to to come up with uh, my answer here, but ultimately I decided um, to to go with the underdog in this one uh, and and pick the Yoda moment and Attack of the Clones, um, and I think primarily because you know Yoda has just demonstrated to us his his fighting prowess, uh, which is definitely superior to Dooku, but. That all stops in an instant when lives are in danger. Lives that he can save are in danger. And he he takes the moment to let Dooku go uh, and risk the Clone Wars, you know, fully getting started before he could stop them, you know, uh, and and save Obi-Wan and Anakin um, because of how he values life, mm-hmm. particularly in this instance. So... Yes, I totally understand why Grogu won uh, won this matchup, but I, the nostalgia is strong with Attack of the Clones for me, so <laughs> I think that's part of what put this over the edge for me. Attack of uh, but the Nostalgia. Like, yeah. Sorry. I was just going to say Attack of the Nostalgia. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, that is definitely for sure. Uh, but that gives us a final tally of 64 for Grogu and the Mudhorn. And 22 for Yoda and the Pillar. So, there we go. More than doubled it. Yeah. Yes, indeed. <laughs> but um, but uh, we've got a fun poll for you at the end of this episode. And I'm very curious to see what people say to that one. So, stick around until the end of the episode where we unveil what might be the hardest poll ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that might be true. I think it's, it's definitely going to get one, um, definitely get people thinking. That's for sure. Oh, definitely. Um, well, before we dive into these dark side moments that we want to talk about, um, just wanted to give a really quick plug for the show itself. We haven't done this in a while. 
Um, but if, if you're, you know, a listener of the show, whether you're a longtime listener or relatively new, um, we would love it if you would help share the show, you know, whether that's through social media, just sharing, you know, sharing our episodes through social media, um, writing us a review in iTunes, whatever that may be. Uh, if you really enjoy the show, we just would really appreciate you taking the time to just put it out there in the interworld. Um, because, uh, you know, we, we obviously really like the show we do. Um, and we both know that there are cheapers, tons of star Wars podcasts nowadays, very mm-hmm. different from a decade ago when we started. Um, oh, yeah. and there's so many good ones. There's so many specific ones. Um, you know, we're obviously still a very generalized star Wars podcast. Um, and there's lots of, lots of shows out there that are great, you know, just, just alongside us. But if you particularly enjoy our show, we'd really appreciate you sharing the show any way, shape or form that you can. Um, because yeah, we're proud of what we do and, and would love, love your help in getting the word out there. Yes. We want to, uh, extend the, the, the hand of star Wars friendship as far as we can. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, because, you know, we do stand by what we say in our, our opening star Wars is for everyone. And, and if Star Wars is for everyone, then we want everyone to know about our podcast. <laughs> In, indeed we do. Indeed we do. And to all of you who are listening, whether you are someone who's been with us for 10 years or you've been with us for this is your first episode, thank you for listening. Thank you for taking time each week or however often you listen to sacrifice anywhere between one and two hours of your time just to listen to us be nerds about Star Wars. Um, oh, yes. We are incredibly humbled by the all of you who continue to listen. Um, so we just ask your help in spreading the word. If, if you feel so inclined. Yes. And thank you in advance for those of you who do. Um, so, yes. Um, and I'm excited to say next week, we're going to bring back a segment that has been dormant for quite a while. Um, we're going to be bringing an episode of tales of the Larians and I'm very excited for our guest next week. Uh, it's uh, someone who's been la- who's recently launched their own Star Wars podcast, so I'm excited to have them on and and talk about kind of their favorite aspects of Star Wars and and a little bit about their Star Wars stories. So, uh, looking forward to bringing that segment back next week. Yeah, so we're uh, we're getting that back up and running, and I'm very excited about that because that was a fun segment and and people seem to really enjoy it. So. Um, Stay tuned. That that segment is not going to go away anytime soon. We're we're bringing it back at least for a while now. So <laughs> right, uh, right. We got. Pl- I, I can't say for good because who knows what's going to happen. Um, but we're definitely planning to to have it stick around for for a little while. So look forward to that. Yes. Yeah. The hope is to to just at least every other month do an episode of that, and as well as. Um, Star Wars lessons, um, just something each month that's a little bit different than the main show where we get a different voice on the show besides just the two of us to to talk about the wonderful world of Star Wars. Yes, indeed, because it is a wonderful world and it's ever growing. <laughs> indeed, it is. Indeed, it is. Um, so without further ado, it's time to hop on a Oh, I almost said a plane, but there's no planes in Star Wars. It's about time to hop on our TIE Advanced, speed off from the Death Star, use our Wayfinder, 
all the way to Exegol. <laughs> it's time to dive into the dark. Um, so. <laughs> all right. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> so who's kicking this one off? Uh, well, I kicked off the last one. All right. I yeah, I think you did as well. So I will, so I will give this did. one a go. Um, so the first moment I want to bring up, it comes from Force Awakens, and it's Kylo Ren's ability to freeze people. Um, now, to be fair, Jason, actually, when I was putting my list together, there was a there was a big moment I had on my list that I actually ended up taking off today because I was like, ah, I don't know that this is necessarily a dark side power. So I was trying to think of powers that, to me, like are either directly, you know, powers of the dark side, or at least clearly elements of the dark side. So the moment of Kylo freezing a blaster bolt, um, I think, yes, that could be a bit of a, you know, kind of non-denominational force power. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. But the reason I'm choosing to pick this as a dark side move, it's is more so about his ability to freeze people, specifically Ray, right? When mm-hmm. they're on um, Takadana. And the reason I consider this a dark side power is because it's about controlling someone, literally taking control of their ability to even move. To me, that's pretty dark side. Um, yeah. You know, when when we first see this, because we've never seen this in Star Wars before, right at the beginning of the movie, when Poe shoots at him and he freezes the blaster in midair. First off, I just think that's a really cool visual. It's so cool as... Poe is, you know, marched by and it, it honestly reminds me a bit of when Han shoots at Vader on cloud city, right? It just, it goes to show that against a dark side force user, the, you know, the average, the average person can't do much to them. So yeah. Poe is just as helpless as Han was. And spoiler alert, that's the moment I took off my list is because I don't feel like Vader deflecting bolts is pure dark side. Um, ah. Jedi can do that too. Um, yeah. So, but this is my way to sneak it in anyway. <laughs> but, <laughs> Fair enough. But um, specifically this part, though, with Kylo freezing Rey, right, and kind of just having complete control over her body, um, it takes away her ability to move or even more so to run away from him. And, you know, to me, those are the actions of a predator. Um, You know, Kylo is that scene is very well shot. This is a predator stalking their prey, you know, as he's kind of closing in on her. And then as he freezes her in place. You know, this this just takes away all of her agency. She is completely helpless in front of him, which to me, that is pure dark side is just having someone completely under your control. Um, so that's my first one is is kind of this, um, you know, very uh, controlling, disgusting force power. Yeah, well, not only is is it just the the ability to to take her movement away, to take her agency away like that. But it's what he does to her afterwards. He is terrorizing her, mm. you know, he's talking to her and taunting her and then, you know, holds her his lightsaber right to her neck. Um, you know, she can feel the heat off the blade as it crackles right there next to her. And, you know, it's he he's toying with her in a way that is definitely malevolent. So, yeah, it's it's not only the the power itself, but what he uses it for is to create terror and fear and uh, in someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's more of a shock and awe sort of situation with Poe, but it's definitely used to 
immobilize and terrorize Ray. Yeah. So yeah, and it does immobilize Poe too. Right? Yes. Uh, he can't move either. Yeah. And there's there's no, something it, terrifying to that, right? There, there really is. You know, you, you're you feel like even if you know it's not a an even handed fight, you're gonna go down fighting. You know, that's mm-hmm. the idea. But even that's taken away from you. It's like yeah. no, yeah, no, you're. It's just gonna be a a punk way to go out. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. That's a so. that's a that's a great point. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I yeah. <laughs> I think that's that's so true. Is you just take away even the ability to fight back. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. Oh. Cool. Very good. Though. Um, uh, I like that. I like that force power, that force movement or uh, moment. Yeah. Uh, my first moment that I want to talk about, and and folks, we're, we're kind of doing this in a top five layout, but it's not really a top five. It's just five moments that we decided we want to talk about this episode. Right. So right. Um, this one is, is probably borderline dark side, but I feel like the way it's used is definitely drawing on the dark. Um, but the funny thing is, is it's not done by dark side character. We're going to go to uh, season two, episode three of the Clone Wars, Children of the Force, where Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Mace Windu mm. use the mind trick to try and force Cad Bane to tell them where the holocron is and to take them there. And, you know, he's too strong-willed for the regular Jedi mind trick to work. So the three of them, you know, go in and decide to try and force him to do it. And it's ripping through his mind. He's in serious pain as they keep pushing in and pushing in. And they they finally let go before he essentially snaps uh, because they know they're not going to get the information from him. And Anakin threatens to do it again. And Cad Bane capitulates like, all right, all right, don't stop. I don't want, want to have to do that again. Um, but it's just a, a moment that is very dark, especially for Jedi and especially for members of the Jedi council in Mace Windu and Obi-Wan Kenobi, um, less, (laughs) less out of character for Anakin, but (laughs) definitely out of character for Obi-Wan, uh, and to a lesser extent, Mace Windu. So Mm. it's just a very... It's a disturbing moment, and you see that written on Ahsoka's face as she watches uh, Cad Bane writhe in mental anguish, mm-hmm. you know, as they're pushing into his mind and trying to to tear the information from him. Mm. So that's a uh, I love that you picked that because I was thinking the same thing. I was like, I bet you there could be, you know, moments where supposed good good characters are using the dark side. So this is the perfect example of that, Jason. I love that you put this on here. Because that's exactly yeah. it. I mean, it is dark side because they're forcing something out of someone against their will, right? right? Like the light side of the force is always supposed to be in harmony with life. This is exactly against that, right? I mean, obviously Jedi use mind tricks and force persuasion and, and whatnot, um, but it doesn't work on everybody. And whoever it doesn't like to force your way in like that is, I mean, it's terrible, Um you know, I mean, it's like, it's like what uh, Kylo does to Poe. Uh, yeah, in um, Force Awakens. 
Force Awakens, yeah. So and what he tries to do to Ray. So right. So I've got to, you know, makes me wonder then the 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 fact that Kylo's able to do that on Poe and Poe's, I would imagine, a pretty strong willed, you know, character, you know, on the same level as Cad Bane. I would say the fact that Kylo's able to do it tells me that Kylo might be more powerful than Obi Wan, Anakin, and Mace combined. I probably just pissed off a ton of people, Jason, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> I don't know if he's more powerful, but he has less scruples about it. That's because fair. yeah, because the Jedi stopped when they hit a certain point. That's true. Um, whereas I doubt Cad Bane or um, Kylo Ren would have stopped at all. Right. So, right. Well, and it's pretty clear that Poe's incapacitated when he leaves the cell too. Uh, yeah, he's there, nose bleeding and everything. Like yeah. you know, it's like yeah. oh god, did he kill him? When I watched Force Awakens for the first time with my roommate, you know, years ago when it first came out. He he was really upset at that scene. I'm like, oh, I was like, why why do you dislike that so much? He goes, I can't believe that guy gave him the information. He's like, why would Poe do that? And I was like, no, he forced it out with the force. And he was like, oh, okay, because he was like really pissed at Poe for um, betraying BB-8. And I was like, no, 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 he got forced into it with you know the, Kylo used the force to pull it out of him. He's like, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, this is, I mean, that's such a that's such a. The way they shoot that scene too is is mm. meant to be unnerving, right? The camera angle yeah. kind of it kind of comes down, up and in, and at an angle like it's a it's kind of yeah. different type of cinematography um, in, to, to really uh, give in, you in cinematic art and art in general. That's called the disorienting diagonal. So <laughs> it's a little bit of cinematic art history, uh, cinematic art class that I I learned uh, coming back for me. So but yes. <laughs> Love it. That's a great moment. I mean, it's a great dark side moment. It's terrible that they do it, but it's great. Um, yeah. And interesting to see how, right, clearly the Clone Wars, this ongoing war is even pushing the Jedi to the brink of the dark, you know, because war itself is a tool of the dark side. So it's bound to uh, make its way even into the even into the light side. Yeah. And so, uh, I. Not gonna lie, it's not gonna be the last time the Clone Wars features in my list. So <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, what about you? What's your next uh, your next dark side moment, Carl? We're gonna stay in the Clone Wars, um, and nice. mine comes from season three. I forgot to write down which episode number, um, but it's the moment when Mother Talzin creates Savage Press. Um, I feel like I this is say the episode monster. I believe it is, is monster. Yes. Um, uh, no, I think monster is the second one in the arc. It's when he's kind of going on his rampage. It's the episode prior to that. Um, I don't remember the title of it. I literally just watched it too. I feel embarrassed, <laughs> but, um, um, anyway, it's that moment. I, I, it's just kind of neat to see, you know, I it think is monster. It is monster. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Um, sorry. It's episode 13. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool to see, right? I, I loved the Night Sisters in Clone Wars because they gave us a really neat new way of looking at the Force and that, you know, there are these, you know, dark witches um, who clearly do use the Force. And I think this moment with Savage and Mother Talzin uses the, I would say, the dark side a lot for lots of different things. But I thought this moment with Savage is particularly telling because it really does take this kind of inherently good person and instilling them with this penchant for anger and aggression. Um, you know, that episode does a great job of introducing us to Savage before his transformation. 
and you know he cares about his brother he's got a best friend you know he cares about his clan there's kind of this um selflessness to him um and then mother talzin puts these you know this this dark spell on him and it obviously enhances him physically um this is basically like a, a evil captain america i guess um but you know it gives him this uh, this physical brute strength, he's big and strong. And to me, that dark magic enforces the belief that might makes right, which I strongly disagree that that's ever true. But uh, that seems to be the case with Savage is I'm big and strong. So therefore, I'll do what I want and take what I want. Um, and she kind of takes this this person and turns him into this aggressive monster. Um, you know, that's what she kind of instills into him with this magic spell. Um, and I think it's really neat that we come to learn that he's, you know, Darth Maul's brother, because it's pretty debatable that something very similar happened to his brother, whether or not directly through mother Talzin's dark magic, but that's clearly what happened to him when he was given up to Palpatine at a very young age is he's going to be nurtured by anger and hatred. Um, and that turns him into a very angry and hateful person. And yeah. it kind of happens quickly for Savage through this magic spell. Um, so that's my next moment. Yeah, no, it, it's a it's a corruption of something that is much uh, better than what he used to be, or than uh, a corruption of something that was much better into something that is much worse mm -hmm. and uh, used only to um, progress the power and control of other people. You know, the power and influence that uh, Mother Talzin has. Um, in the galaxy, and then, of course, you know, ostensibly to be a a right hand for Dooku as he, you know, runs the separatist side of the war for Sidious. So, because you know, he while he is supposed to be, uh, you know, powerful, you know, brute strength, you know, and a little bit, can I do what I, you know, what I want? Sort of a character. He's definitely. Um, just a tool. Oh yeah, you know he is built to be a tool, uh, and corrupted in order to fulfill a specific task. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's it's disturbing, yeah. you know. <laughs> yep. It's very disturbing. But I'm glad you brought up the Night Sisters because they they do use a lot of you know weird they call it magics. Um, which is force power of some sort. Um, but they definitely aren't using the force for any sort of, you know, light related things, you know, light side related things. Um, while it's not classic dark side powers and abilities, it's definitely dark and twisted. Um, so. Yeah. And to me, I think that that's the case because it's always a perversion of something, right? Exactly. Um, and to me, that's what the dark side does. It kind of perverts something. Um, whereas the light side aims to be in harmony with things. Um, you know, the dark side is about control and perversion. So um, to me, that's how I, like, as I was thinking of this list, that's what I was, that was kind of what was in the back of my mind. It's like, all right, what is, what is the dark side ultimately about? Well, it's ultimately about power and control and getting that through perversion. So, mm -hmm. yeah, well, my next one is uh, on a similar line, but much more subtle, I suppose. 
And this is just um, Palpatine being able to cloud the 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 vision mm. of the Force from the Jedi during the prequels. And this isn't. There's no real specific moment. Mm-hmm. Um, except I, I kind of want to just you know highlight the the moment at the beginning of Attack of the Clones where we have the meeting between the Jedi Council members. And Palpatine, you know, and he's just, you know, he's so very concerned about the status of things with the Separatists and the Senate and things like that. And, you know, Master Yoda, do you really think it will come to war? You know. Yeah. And Yoda just says to his face, you know, the dark side clouds everything. Impossible to see. Their future is. Uh, yeah. Do you think it will really come to war? The dark side clouds everything. Impossible to see. The future is. I can't imagine how gleefully delighted Palpatine must have been to hear those words coming from Yoda just across the desk from him. (laughs) Yeah. Seriously. Like, the dark side is rising, obviously, in this era. Uh, and a lot of it stems from Palpatine um, or is uh, being influenced by things Palpatine has done or set in motion. Um, and so that ability and that, you know, the way to sort of cloud the vision and sort of sow uh, confusion and maybe in some senses dissent among the Jedi um, during this whole period of crisis with the Separatists and then the Clone Wars um then of course leads them to the point where the jedi feel like they have to take palpatine out as a threat in revenge of the sith you know bringing them to a point that they never should have gotten to um because there's no way that the senate will act accordingly um uh, in order to discipline or imprison a sith uh is the mindset of the Jedi, or at least some of them at this point. So, uh, and, and that, that whole scenario of being able to cloud the Jedi's focus and their vision of the future is subtle and definitely more impactful than I think even I considered until thinking about moments and things like that, powers and abilities, um, for this episode, you know, it's it's insidious, if you will. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I love that you put this. Oh my goodness! I knew I I knew you were going to come up with some good stuff. <laughs> um, the, the, like wouldn't even have thought of this because it is it is so like you said it's so subtle. Um, but that that moment you keyed in on right at the beginning of Attack of the Clones has always been one of my favorite Darth Sidious moments because he's sitting there across a desk from the grand Jedi Yoda and as well as other leading members of the council. And they don't have a damn clue who he really no. is. Um, yeah, it's, it's so good. And then, you know, and then later in the movie when Yoda and Mace Windu are having that conversation in Yoda's chambers and he mentions, you know, I think it's important. We let the Senate know our ability to use the force is diminished. Only the dark Lord of the Sith knows of our weakness, right? Like, um, cause you told him, <laughs> <laughs> you just told him an hour and a half ago. <laughs> it's 
Sorry, but it's, go ahead. No, it's just it's so like it's so neat because everything Sidious is doing and plotting, he's just pouring this darkness into the force that's making it so difficult to navigate even for the most, you know, profound Jedi master. And you can even think about how it might have even been already starting to per- pervert the force as early as Phantom Menace, right? When Yoda's trying to look into Anakin's future and he's like, it's just really hard to see because into that poss- all those possible futures, the Clone Wars were going to be happening. Um, right. So, you know, that's I love that you keyed in on this. It, it, Palpatine's Sidious's ability just to infuse this underlying darkness and this confusion into the the entire Jedi Order is like it's into, unbelievable. Into the force itself, it yeah. would seem. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's, can I can I make a quick tangent? I, and I want to see what you think about this too. Sure. Because this has me really. Th- I think that this is incredible. Like this is such a profound dark side element, um, if you will, Jason. That mm-hmm. it does to some degree make me appreciate a little bit more Sidious being back in episode nine. Again, I still don't love that decision. I still really don't particularly love that Ray is related to him. But all that aside, you know, this is it, Sidious is so freaking powerful. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, in some small ways, it does make sense that, of course, he would somehow figure out how to make it to the very last chapter of this saga. You know, well, um, and, and again, yeah. I I, I want to be well aware that obviously I get why a lot of people hate that he's there. I still don't fully love it myself, but I think something like this really does kind of highlight this dude is so powerful and he's, he'd also been ruling for 20 odd years experimenting with force, dark side force crap. You know, um, it's not totally unfounded to think that, you know, he might have figured out a way to cheat death. Well, yeah, you know, and it's it's definitely something and not not cheat death in this, the fullest sense that he wanted to. Right. Uh, because he, he's very much up until he takes the the life energy from uh, Ben and Ray. He is very much just a shell of mm. who he used to be, um, it, you know, more like an animated cadaver than anything else. Um, but. Yes, he he has just so diffused his his power through the air, so to speak, um, in order to stretch out and to control or confuse or to uh, distract or to you know entice, depending on who it is and what he wants to accomplish. Um, that it does make sense, and he is obsessed with controlling death. You know, he, he want you know, the, that that death has to be under his control. Um, and being able to then live beyond his physical death, in a sense, um, in some haphazard, slapdash, Frankenstein sort of way, uh, is not uh, unheard of. It would not be out of the realm of possibility, especially because we know that after the events of Revenge of the Sith, Palpatine made very few public appearances. 
and was often described, you know, and we've even had it in some of the, um, the new canon material. He goes deep into the bowels of his, of his palace, which is now the, where the Jedi temple is and does his dark side experiments and, and delves into the mysteries of the force, uh, particularly the dark side of the force, you know, all during this time. So I do have another sort of, uh, moment of his that is very much uh, in vain with this sort of idea uh, later on. So I'll save some of my thoughts for that. Um, but I, I want to just real quick follow up with what you're saying, though, about, you know, that the new some of the new canon has really indicated that he really does spend a lot of his time in the bowels of his new temple, which was the Jedi mm-hmm. Temple. And it's important to note that even in... Um, well, now I sorry for a slight, slight spoiler alert here for the new High Republic novel, Into the Dark. But we are told I can't remember if it's in Light of the Jedi, but I'm pretty sure it was in Into the Dark. But we're told that the Jedi Temple itself is built on an ancient Sith temple. So yes. of course Sidious wants to take the temple and make it his again. It's literally the the, the Jedi themselves you know, kind of repurposed an old Sith temple to use as their own to hopefully, I mean, I imagine them trying to eradicate the darkness that had existed there. So now of mm-hmm. course Sidious is going to go in there and undo it again. Right. So yeah, it really, reclaim. Dar- exactly. Yeah. Um, and into the dark, by the way, slight, slight spoiler alert. And we are going to be talking about this in a couple of weeks on the show, but uh, there's some really good uh, new intros to different facets of the dark side and learning the fact that the the temple was built on an old Sith um, temple is it makes, you know, Palpatine's machinations during that 20 year spread between even just the prequels and the originals. It's like, what the heck did he get up to? I mean, the sky, yeah. the, the pits of hell are the limit apparently. So, <laughs> right. Exactly. So it's a, you know, I'm, I appreciate that we went on this tangent because yeah. it's, it needs to be explored. Um, and I think there's, they're setting up some ideas, uh, for future exploration for him, um, in other material. But yeah, no, there's, I think we knew that there was, um, a, at least a dark side, you know, something under the temple, you know, deep in the bowels of the temple from other material yep. prior to, um, High Republic. Yes. Uh, stuff. It's, and I don't remember where that was, but we, we there, did know that. There could have been several places, but actually I just recently read the what now is Legends novel Traitor by Matt Stover, which is part of the New Jedi Order series. And in that, Jason is, you know, trying to escape the Yuuzhan Vong while on occupied Coruscant. And he goes to the old temple and finds that it also used to be an old Sith temple. So that's been in Legends canon for a while, too, it seems. Mm, yeah. And something they definitely brought back into the the uh, new canon. And I just, there was some previous new canon stuff that, that mentioned it. And I just don't remember what it was. Mm. Um, but anyway, yeah. So yeah. it's it's been there and it's nice to have it reinforced again. Uh, so, but anyway, cool. uh, we should probably get back to, to our <laughs> dark side moments. Well, um, this, this conversation feeds perfectly into my next moment, Jason, because it's the moment right. in Rise of Skywalker when Palpatine uses Force Drain. Um, to me, like this, you know, again, say what you will about episode nine. There are probably more issues with this Star Wars movie than any others for all sorts of reasons. Um, but I still enjoy it. That being yes. said, I like how 
episode nine has these two very powerful opposing force powers, which of course is force heal, which we talked about last week, you know, the ability for Ray to heal the snake and then Ben, and then obviously him to literally bring her back to life. It's so Mm -hmm. cool to see the opposite of that, which is Palpatine literally draining their life force to feed his own. And of course that's like the darkest dark side power because it's literally stealing one's life to bolster your own. You know, I mean, that's just, if there's nothing more dark sidey than that in my book, um, no. you know, you're essentially killing someone else in order to preserve your own life. <laughs> um, so, you know, to me, that's kind of the quintessential dark side power. And it's interesting that, you know, for all we know, Palpatine never really knew that power before, or maybe just didn't have the means by which to do it. I mean, right. I mean, obviously Star Wars movies are written in their own order. So this obviously just wasn't a power conceived of before, but I do at least appreciate if they're going to bring him back, what, what could, you know, what's more powerful than force lightning? What could, what else could he do? Um, so it's like, of course the perfect dark side power is force drain. Um, and that may be something from old legends canon. I, I really can't say Jason, if this force ability has, has existed before, I wouldn't be surprised it, in some capacity that it has. It has, it's been in a lot of the video games. Um, okay. old Republic Knights of the old Republic has used it extensively. It's not as, you know, um, as powerful as what Palpatine is doing in the rise of Skywalker. Um, it's more of like a slow drain, uh, you know, just to recover some of your own health while stealing it from, uh, your opponent that you're fighting. But it, it's been in the legends for, for quite some time. Um, yeah. So it's, it's Mm. been around. Uh, it's just never been in any of the, you know, the movies or, um, animated series or anything like that. Sure. Yeah. Up till, now until now yeah and i i did think that was a really cool force power to have there um and yeah i mean (laughs) yeah it just doesn't get any darker than that no um and it doesn't and and to be fair i don't know if palpatine needed to use that force ability before this point either you know even in his duels with uh mace and the jedi council members uh, or against Yoda and things like that. Um, I don't feel like he needed this, you know, force power because he was already full of life. You know, this mm. is this is a restoration in as well, a rebuilding of who he is, <laughs> not a restoration, uh, a yeah. rebuilding of who he is. Yeah. Um, you know, by stealing the life out of these two, uh, the, the the dyad and the force, which gives him even more power, apparently. Um, so, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, no, it's, it's a great moment and leads to a moment that I had on my list up until just, you know, uh, maybe an hour or two before we started recording, recording, which is the, the moment where he's channeling all of that ability. You know, I am all the Sith into the sky as he, you know, brings mm. the entire fleet down around him. So, I, um, I, I, I do want to say, cause you, your point just made me think, you know, he's never had to use this before, which is definitely true but i think there you know because i've seen a lot of the you know the uh, criticism thrown at these elements of episode nine and and to be fair there's plenty of valid criticism about much of this movie um but you know folks are saying you know i've seen folks say like why didn't he just use you know why didn't he just force strain all those sith acolytes in the arena and just restore his life but i think 
that's something specific about the fact that they're that Ben and Ray are a dyad. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's it kind of surprises him. Like he pulls something out of them and, and he's like, whoa, this is this is a power like life itself. So that's when he realizes um, that it can not just keep him going a little bit longer, but it can restore him to life. You know, I think yeah. so. Again, yes, like this stuff gets silly well, and I, I get why folks may not like it, but uh, it's I mean, we're obviously doing forceology acrobatics here trying to make sense of it all maybe but i do think it's interesting like i think it's important to note that it is the dyad that he's able to kind of do this against yeah well to be fair uh, i don't think initially that was his his design no. uh to uh to to drain their life from them that wasn't his original move that he was doing but something in what he did sort of rebounded and he felt the power of of who they are together and was like, Oh, Oh, <laughs> and that's when he was like, I'm going to take that. Thank you. Um, so <laughs> mine, 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 mine. <laughs> exactly, exactly. He's, he's all of the seagulls from finding Nemo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. But anyway, great moment. Uh, I do think it's definitely worthy of being on, on a, on a top list. Of dark side powers. Um, so we get to my number three. Yes, please. All right. Well, my third favorite dark side moment uh, is going to come from Rogue One. And obviously it is the scene with Vader on board the, uh, you know, against the, the rebel troopers. Um, and the reason I picked this is obviously, yes, he, he uses the force as he, you know, attacks this, this platoon of troopers. You know, he's, you know, lifting them in the air, slashing them, you know, grabbing blaster bolts and sending them back, choking people. You know, there's a lot of force powers going on, but he's also using. I I feel like he's definitely using the force in a way to instill terror and and fear in them as he approaches, you know, Mm. uh, because it's completely dark in the corner where he's at, like. And it's unnaturally so. Like, there should have been some sort of light over in that area just based on, you know, the flickering of the other stuff going on. But it's unnaturally dark over there. And then he ignites his saber and just approaches in a very measured pace while he just tears through them one at a time. Uh, And it's there's just so much, I think of the dark in that because it is in meant to, to terrorize and to uh, create this, this awe inspiring, imposing picture of who he is uh, as he just dispatches them easily and handily. Um, And it does remind me uh, a lot of the um, beginning of what's the book. Oh, Lords of the Sith. Lords of the Sith, yes, yeah. where uh, he's doing the similar thing to uh, the Resistance fighters there. So I, I love this moment. It's a fun moment. It's not my favorite moment from the movie. Um, obviously, we've talked m- many times about my favorite moments from that movie. But it is a great demonstration of just the unstoppable force that the dark side tries to project itself as, uh, you know, to anyone that will look at it. So, yeah. That I I briefly considered adding that too, 
to my list. Um, because it is kind of a menagerie of dark side, right? Like there's force choke, there's there's force deflect, there's force pull, um, there's just you know the savagery of his lightsaber combat style. I mean, uh, but I think you hit that nail on the head with the fact that this is a moment where he really uses all of these tools of the dark side to instill fear, right? These are you know thinking about you know right. So many folks have put this scene up with uh, you know the 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 scene of Luke and Mandalorian as he comes in and just wipes out the dark troopers, you know, and so many folks have pointed out, like, these are the legends of Luke Skywalker that people are amazed by. This is the legend of Darth Vader that people are terrified by. Right. Um, so, you know, I think it's, yeah. he could have probably just, he didn't need to be there. Right. His stormtroopers could have taken care of the job, but he chooses probably every now and then in these kind of high tense situations to himself go and instill that fear of the dark side into these rebels, into these resistance fighters, and to mm-hmm. really make them shake in their boots. That the stories about him make him almost like a demagogue, right? And he's he is a force to be reckoned with and to be terrified of. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I because terror, terror, and fear are the tools of the dark side. I yes. mean, Darth Maul said as much in the tome poem for Phantom Menace: "Fear, fear is my ally." <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, that's a great, great moment, Jason. I love that you put it on there. Yeah. No, it, it's it's terrific, and it's it's very imposing and intimidating. And you know, it it proves that Vader is unstoppable when he wants to be. Um, so it's great. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. All um, right. What, what about you? What's your next one, sir? Well, my next one, we're going to go to Return of the Jedi and uh, return to our favorite Papa here. If you will not be turned, you will be destroyed. <laughs> yeah, oh, Only now, at the end, do you understand? Skills are no match for the power of the dark side. Oh, I just love that scene. Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of awful to say I love that scene, but I do. It's really cool. <laughs> um, and I, you know, as as a kid who grew up, um, you know, in the the mid nineties with Star Wars, obviously I didn't see them in films, but the first time I saw Return of the Jedi, I was like, "Ooh, what? Like, what's the? This is like a crippled old man. Why is he powerful? Like, is he going to use a lightsaber? Right? Like, I was just so curious, and I'm sure that same curiosity was mirrored in every fan that went into the movie in 1983. Right? Like, what is mm-hmm. the Emperor capable of? Um, and it's so cool that obviously George came up with something besides just he's really good with a lightsaber. Um, so the fact that he uses force lightning, it's again, it was the first time I ever saw it on screen was just awesome because it answered that question to me of uh, what's so powerful about the emperor. What's he capable of doing that Vader can't. Oh, okay. And Vader yeah. literally can't do this because of his electrical systems on his suit. Um, but right. I, I found this really great quote because you obviously just mentioned the Lords of the Sith novel. Uh, there's a quote in there where, where Sidious says to Vader, he says, quote, the Sith grew past the use of lightsabers, but we continue to use them, if only to humiliate the Jedi. Um, man, that's some really bad Palpatine, but 
Um, uh, I think that's a humiliate the Jedi. (laughs) It's just, it's so cool to, um, to see this, you know, at the time, what had been an unseen power. Um, and something I, Jason, I was doing a little bit of digging as I was, as I put this moment on my list and went to the actual, um, novel for return of the Jedi and something that happens in the novel that's not in the movie, which I thought was really interesting, is Luke is actually initially able to deflect the lightning. So I'm going to read you a quote from the Return of the Jedi novel. Um, so okay. it says, quote, The young Jedi was at once confounded and in agony. He'd never heard of such a power, such a corruption of the Force, let alone experienced it. But if it was Force-generated, it could be Force-repelled. Luke raised his arms to deflect the bolts. Initially, he was successful. The lightning rebounded from his touch, harmlessly into the walls. Soon, though, the shocks came with such speed and power, they coursed over and into him, and he could only shrink before them. I think that's just so cool that, like, initially, I don't know if that was in the screenplay or what, or if that was just, uh, I think, James Caan. Yeah, James Caan wrote The Return of the Jedi novel. I don't know if that was something that he picked up from the screenplay that we just didn't get in the movie, but... It's cool that like Luke initially was able to deflect it. Um, and uh, part of me wishes he did um, in the movie. I, I, I think this would open a really interesting debate and it's something, something maybe we can have in another time because um, right, Luke throwing his lightsaber away is the most important element of his journey in the original trilogy, right? And mm-hmm. <clears throat> opens all sorts of conversations about especially where he goes in the sequel trilogy. But if Luke had defended himself a little bit, would that have made him any less of a, you know, peaceful warrior? I don't know. Again, I think that's a a topic that would be interesting to have later. Um, No, but I will say it makes Palpatine less uh, powerful, powerful, um, you know, in that moment. Because this is something Luke has never come across. And it's obviously something that Vader is very wary of at the very least, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I do like that. It just completely just like flabbergasted Luke. Like he's like, Oh crap. (laughs) Right. Um, but I like how it points out in the novel that the lightning is a a corruption of the force. Um, and, and it's powered by hate. So the thing about force lightning, and I think you could apply this all across wherever we see force lightning used in star Wars, but I think especially to this scene with the emperor is that it's the lightning itself is his hatred made manifest. You know, it's this tangible essence of his hatred reaching out to kill Luke. Um, Mm. And to me, it makes sense that this is probably uh, Sidious's go-to force power because it's really, really agonizing and slow. And, you know, it's just a terrible way to kill somebody. (laughs) So, of course, the Emperor loves using this. Um, Yeah. So, you know, there is there's something very electric about the power of hate, (laughs) you know, to be kind of give like a corny analogy, but you know, it it is very searing and it can seem very powerful. Um, and the emperor just takes, takes all of that hateful energy and just throws it out at Luke. Um, and I think that is clearly a tool of the dark side is the power of hatred and hatred itself can, you know, become this lightning force. Um, and, you know, we see a good character use it. And I'm trying to tell if this is something you're going to talk about. 
Okay, cool. So I'm going to yield the floor to you, my friend. Yeah. No, this is this was next on my list Perfect. too. Um, <laughs> we are so in sync tonight, my friend. We are. Right. I I freaking love this moment. Um, <laughs> in terms of Palpatine, uh, you know, it's uh, he's so deliciously evil, and this is like his penultimate moment. Like mm-hmm. this is this is when he gets to be all of who he is, you know, at least in the original trilogy. Um, obviously we get, you know, that in spades in revenge of the Sith, when he gets to finally reveal himself to the Jedi, the hated Jedi. Um, and, but I, I do think you're right that, you know, and, and very apt to say that the lightning is just a physical and force rending manifestation of his hate. Um, and it's, it's, it's not something that kills instantly. Right. It's something that tortures and creates pain and suffering as it slowly just breaks down your ability to fight it and ultimately will kill you if you cannot either, if he doesn't stop or if you can't find a way to defend yourself from it. Um, and and that is just, you know, it's delicious to pal- <laughs> someone like Palpatine. You know, that kind of suffering and pain feeds into his hatred. Um which is this never-ending cycle of, uh, you know, for for the dark side. Um, but this moment in particular, this is this is where we feel like everything might be lost in the moment. The the rebels, you know, it, if Palpatine isn't stopped here, maybe nothing else works with you know the rebels and everything else on the planet on the in space, you know, but, uh, and it, it feels absolutely overwhelming. Just the, the way it's shot and positioned as Palpatine is, you know, up on the steps to begin with. And then he keeps coming down as Luke falls to the ground. He keeps coming down and just gets closer as he's hanging, you know, looming over him in Mm -hmm. a sense, like, like a, a a vulture or, or a raven or something like that, just ready to, pick at your 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 dead body in a sense you know and then the music just it really gives that sort of overwhelming doom sense um and of course everything is stomped when when vader decides to say no and toss him over the edge um and that's that's the heroic moment that we as an audience are waiting for but in terms of the dark side this is this is the last great resistance to his power. Um, and Palpatine hates the fact, not only that the Jedi have tried to rise again, that he couldn't squash them entirely, but he hates the fact that Luke said no. Mm. Like, it visibly makes him very angry. You know, when Luke says, I'm a Jedi, like my father before me, you just see everything harden in Palpatine's face. You know, and he just spits out, the, you know, so be it, Jedi. And then he's like, all right, fine. I was prepared for this. I don't like that it's gotten to this, but we're going to kill you now. Um, and in true gloating Palpatine Sith fashion, not only is he drawing out the pain and agony of this death, but he's going to gloat about it every second of the way. So it's this is less about creating fear 
and intimidation and more about just creating pain, suffering, and agony uh, fueled by his own hatred. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whereas Force Lightning may not be the most spectacular force power that's out there, it is the perfect one for what Palpatine wants to, to use it for, mm-hmm. which is why it's like his favorite, you know, thing. You know, he's, it's, it's his go-to ability, you know, whereas Vader is usually force choking, Palpatine's got the lightning. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I love, I think it's a great moment. So that was your next Did moment you have- too. That was my next moment, yeah. Okay, that's not what I thought you were going to do. I'm sorry. But I do oh. like that that was still your next moment. I thought you were going to bring up the moment when Ray uses Force Lightning. Um, oh, oh, so. sorry. No, that's fine. But, like, because I, I was kind of hinting at, like, oh, it's another, like, good character who uses a dark side power. Um, I, I only used one of those. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I do, I'll just, well, I'm just going to throw this out there because I don't care. I'm going to honorary take another moment. But th- that moment when Ray yeah. uses it, I think the fact that she right before she shoots the lightning, because I don't think she's obviously she, she doesn't want to do that, but she's looking at Kylo who she really, really hates right now. You know, like she is just so fed up with him that it feeds this anger that just bursts out of her into the lightning. So, you know, it's that's a really powerful moment in that movie. Yes. Yeah, it is. Uh, no. Um, and, and it is, you know, it is born out of the hatred and the anger that she has in the moment. Um, so, uh, which is what Palpatine uses to fuel his force lightning. Yeah. So, yeah. And he's got an endless supply of that. Right. So <laughs> does indeed. All right. Well, what's all your right. last moment, sir? Well, my last moment, Jason of all places comes from a classic star Wars video game, tie fighter. And it is a, it's been forever my favorite cutscene ever in a Star Wars video game. And it's the encounter with Darth Vader has with Admiral Harkov. Welcome, Admiral Harkov. We have a matter to discuss. What is the location of your fleet? <laughs> now you shall pay for your treachery. Wow, right? I will, I will point out, he says we have a matter to discuss, and then discusses nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no there's no conversation to be had. No. Um, you know, Jason, back when I played this game, this was obviously very early in my Star Wars fandom, because I think TIE Fighter came out, and I want to say 95, maybe 94. I, I should have looked that up quick beforehand. Um, but... Playing the game TIE Fighter, I remember the game itself being one of the most frustrating things ever because it was really hard to fly around with my joystick and stuff. It was, man, those simulation games were difficult back in the day, which is why I never got the new Star Wars Squadrons game because I've heard it was difficult to fly in that. And I'm like, I'm not interested in being frustrated for hours on end. (laughs) So I just didn't bother with it. I'm sure the story is very good, but what's that? 1994. Okay, thank you. And and just for any of those wondering, uh, Star Wars Squadrons uh, is essentially um, Battlefront Two controls um, oh, for your okay. Starfighter. So oh, that's it's not helpful. Not Still, probably it. won't play it, but that's not as hard as I was expecting. Um, 
But anyway, uh, back to this this moment with Admiral Harkov. Um, Admiral Harkov is a, an imperial officer who obviously, you know, betrays the Empire and Vader finds out and kills him. Um, the reason I picked this other, rather than obviously, you know, Darth Vader doing force choke is not new. Um, we obviously see him use it quite a bit in mm-hmm. Empire Strikes Back. Uh, he only uses it once in Return of the Jedi and it's in, and it's in a deleted scene. So um, he uses but it on Moff Jajarid. Um, yeah. He uses it, of course, famously against, um, well, maybe not force choke specifically against um, Antilles, but he does use it a bit against Mahdi. <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think I remember when I was a kid and I was watching this cutscene, even though it's like digital animation, um, it kind of scared the crap out of me. Like, I thought it was very, a very scary visual because not only is Vader force choking him, he's also lifting him off the ground. So um, if you've never seen this clip, just, you know, go to YouTube and just put Vader kills Harkov um, or Vader you know, TIE fighter cutscene, it'll come right up. Um, but it's just like, it's a very scary moment as he's lifting this guy off the, off the ground from a distance with just the force and crushing his throat. Um, you know, this is, you know, kind of similar to a lot of the moments we've been discussing, Jason. It's again, just this element of taking control of somebody else, you know, Mm -hmm. not allowing them to do whatever they want. Like Harkov can't move. He can't run away. Um, just like Ozil couldn't, just like, um, you know, uh, Captain Nita couldn't or any of his helpless victims, you know, um, you know, it's it, Vader uses force choke kind of like you're saying is, you know, it's his preferred method of of taking people out. It's his mm-hmm. um, fatality in Mortal Kombat, if you will. Um, <laughs> so, yes. And and you're never safe from Vader's wrath. No matter where you are, you can be on this gigantic Star Destroyer in a totally different section of the ship and Vader can still just force choke you without even being near you as he does to Ozzel, right? Um, But I think force choke is – it's just such a visceral, terrifying force power, you know, for anybody who's ever choked on anything, right? Like a piece of food, what have you, the – sensation of not being able to breathe is freaking terrifying. Um, so I think that that's such a, like a visceral reaction to anybody. Um, I actually have this weird medical condition where I actually have like, <laughs> sorry to be TMI, but like my, my esophagus can easily get inflamed eating certain kinds of food and the food will get stuck in my throat. And it happened, it's happened so often now that I don't panic anymore. Cause you just, you know, you can force it to come to get down. But, um, you know, it's still terrifying. It's like, there's something kind of constricting your throat. Um, and like, that's why I needed this to kind of be like uh, the scariest element of the dark side for me is that ability to, to literally take your breath away. And when Vader does this, when any dark side user does this, I think what makes the force choke so awful is because it literally takes someone's breath away and it denies you the most basic and fundamental need as a human being. And that's to breathe. Um, so Vader says, Nope, not going to happen. Um, so yeah. force choke is, I just think an incredibly terrifying dark side ability. And this particular moment from that, that video game from so long ago is always the one that has made force choke stand out to me. Wow. Well, that's, uh, definitely not, was not on my radar for tonight's <laughs> episode. So well done, Carl. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I like it, you know, and you're right. Uh, force choke is, is, 
uh, as much of an inhibitor as uh, Kylo's, you know, uh, freezing ability that he uses uh, in uh, Force Awakens, um, because it is immobilizing. But Vader's Force choke is almost more uh, is almost worse because they can still kind of move a little bit and struggle against this invisible hand closing around their throat. They just can't do anything about it. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Um, it's, it's terrifying. It is terrifying. Um, so, uh, and it's, you know, the, not to get too real world, but you know, uh, strangulation is a very, intimate form of of killing someone if you're you know i I watch too many murder shows too many uh, detective shows so sorry um but uh you know strangling someone is a very intimate way to do it and and vader does it with the force and it's 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 very much an in your face you know under your skin in a way sort of you know thing to have to experience because it is right there you can feel it you know as it as it restricts your ability to to breathe and to function. So mm-hmm. ugh, very terrifying. Uh, and I will say very uh, impressive on the creative pull for the moment. So yeah, I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to return to the clone wars, Carl. I, I, I figured you would since you said you had another one and you hadn't given it yet. Yeah. Uh, this comes from uh, season six of the clone wars, episode 13 sacrifice. And this is, Palpatine's um, dark side vision ritual thing mm. that he does. Uh, he's, you know, he he puts together this ritual with Dooku in order to reach out across the the galaxy to create this world for Yoda to try and break him, to break his spirit, break his his soul, um, and. You know, they're on Coruscant. Yoda is on Moraband, which is one of the homeworlds of the Sith. Um, and uh, he creates this this scenario where, you know, he's hunting Palpatine, you know. Uh, and, and it's just a very unusual sort of ritual because it is, you know, it requires you know, some blood from Dooku and the two of them are, are putting their hatred into whatever concoction is in this, you know, large basin, stone basin. It's, it's very much reminiscent of the night sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's a, a dark side ritual. Maybe, maybe you could call it a spell of some sort. Um, but, it requires, you know, the focus, the the hatred that they pour into it through their, you know, force lightning as they they blast into it. You know, some dark side chanting from Palpatine as he starts this. It's it's creepy. It's really creepy, and it's designed to create this this world around Yoda just for the sole purpose of breaking his mind or his spirit, whichever comes first. Um, Yoda, of course, was powerful enough and strong enough to withstand this attack through the force um, and, and defeat Palpatine uh, and Dooku. And at the end of it all, Palpatine turns to Dooku and says, we failed. 
Um, you know, he's not happy about that. Uh, but Yoda, Yoda prevailed against them. Um, and it's just very, I don't know, the, the idea that they could create this around somebody in order to just, you know, completely, essentially, if he had broken his, you know, Yoda, it would have driven him mad in a sense, I would think. So, um, but that, that sort of control, you know, being able to reach across the galaxy, you know, who knows how far Coruscant is from Moraband, uh, but it can't be close. So, um, to reach across and create an entire world around this person and, and trap them in there until they either break or find a way to defeat it uh, is is terrifying. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, yeah. I'm really glad. That's, I'm really glad you brought that in because I was thinking about that too as I was putting my list together, and I couldn't. I couldn't remember the details of it. And for whatever reason, just the thing with Mother Talzin grabbed me, and I was like, "Well, I want to try to put somebody on here who's not like specifically a Sith." Um, so I thought it was cool, but yeah, this is. And I remember watching that episode. I thought it was very bizarre. Like I still felt like this ritual was even somehow a dream that Yoda was having, but it's clearly not, right? Like Sidious knows that he's onto him, so he's got to quickly do something to throw him off the final scent, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. And again, like going back to the kind of tangent we had earlier in the episode, Jason, with you know Palpatine being back in episode nine, a scene like this, again, to me, kind of fuels the reality that Sidious is dabbling with all sorts of weird Sith alchemy and magical powers, um, you know, oh. it's, so it's not like it's not totally unheard of. You know what I mean? No, no, it's not. And, you know, he he even tells uh, Dooku in the moment, like, this is an old dark side practice. This is uh, old. Excuse me. I'm looking at the, the subtitles here. It's in, it's an old art of the dark side. So this is something that has not been used for a long time. So he has delved back into the histories and the legends and the, the myths to find these things, these arcane ancient abilities and, and rituals. Um, so it, this is his passion. This is what he does. This is, uh, you can imagine this is the kind of thing he's getting up to in those years between uh, the time he takes over as emperor and the uh, rise of the rebellion and Luke Skywalker. So mm-hmm. he's got 20 years to do that. Yeah. It can't be good. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Oh, it's, and like the, the, even the, the intricacies of the ritual, the fact that they're, you know, they have to, like you said, you know, they obviously have to slice a hand, drop blood into this thing. Um, and I think again, this is just very smart. George Lucas storytelling, right? Like kind of harnessing, you know, ancient Western stories of scary witchcraft and devil worshipers and things like that, right? Like these ideas of, you know, blood sacrifice rituals that like Satanists do or something like that. Like, again, like bringing that element into like the Sith makes a ton of sense, right? Because it plays off perfectly like our own um, cultural symbols of fear um so you know of course the dark side is going to use things like blood and um you know just like weird creepy stuff (laughs) 
Um, yes. So wow, that's that's such a good I love that you put that in here because I think that is also like we see so many hints of just how strong uh, Palpatine is all throughout the prequels and Clone Wars. By the way, I feel like this episode could have easily just been a why Sidious is so gross episode because we've got a lot of him on here, but, um, but yeah, you know, again, um, as we've been talking through all of these points in the episode, it just, again, gives me a little bit more of like, all right, kind of makes sense that Palpatine's back. Um, and again, I, I'm not in any way trying to convince anyone who doesn't like it that you need to like it. Cause I don't care. Um, I think it is still, there's still a lot of silliness to it. Um, and, and, you know, we don't need to get into any of that, but I just do think from the lore of star Wars element, like Palpatine could figure out a way to cheat death. And here's another piece of evidence. Like he's well-schooled oh, yeah. and, you know, if, if one is to understand the great mystery, Anakin, they must study all its aspects, not just the narrow dogmatic view of the Jedi. Um, exactly, exactly. I, and he has been delving into the ancient secrets for many years. Yes. Yeah. And imagine what he's going to be able to uncover with 20 years of completely unfettered <laughs> probing. <laughs> so. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, man, that was, I got to say, Jason, it's so fun talking dark side stuff because it is just so creepy and fun. <laughs> you know, this would have made a great Halloween yeah. episode. <laughs> Oh man, it would have. Uh, we, we should keep that in mind next time. I know we, Halloween rolls around. Exactly. Some sort of dark side episode of some sort. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, so there are some moments for us that we really enjoy, where we see the dark side at use. Um, as always, we're curious of any of those moments that you might really like, um, especially moments that maybe you know we clearly missed, or even moments from like some of the books, you know, that maybe we missed something there, or even old video games, whatever, you know, give us whatever you like about dark side, the dark sides use. Um, Cause it's always fun to hear other, other people's um, takes on these sorts of things. Indeed. Indeed. Oh man. But Carl, um, before we, we start closing things out, we've got a really fun poll for everyone for next episode. Uh, well, not, not ep- next episode, but the one after that, when we come back together. So, yeah. So, you know, after talking the last two weeks about the force use and people using the force, the poll is simply, what's your favorite force power? <laughs> you know, um, because there's so many of them. So of all the force powers that exist, light or dark, doesn't matter. Which one's your favorite? Um, what's and, your favorite? And here's how I'm classifying it in my mind, Jason. Um, feel free to classify it however you feel. For me, I'm not thinking of like, which one did I wish I had, but just like what to me is the coolest visual force power I've ever seen or read. Um, so that's what I'm at least going to be thinking about when I pick my favorite force power, um, which to me is like, which to me is the most like imagination uh, peaking, if you will. So that's, that's my personal criteria. You do what you want with it. Um, but right. Uh, I still have to figure out what my criteria is going to be. Um, if I need help narrowing it down. So like, there's so many, there's so much out there to choose from that. It's, this is going to be hard, mm-hmm. uh, hard to pick something. So uh, I, you know, everyone get your thinking caps on. Cause this is going to be, this is going to be a fun poll. Um, 
But Carl, if people want to weigh in on anything in our discussion, weigh in on our poll for uh, two weeks from now, because next week we've got Tales of the Larians returning. Um, Where can people get in contact with us, sir? Uh, Well, we are on Twitter at Wampa's Lair. You can find us on Facebook at Wampa's Lair Podcast. Um, Definitely follow us on Instagram, the underscore Wampa's Lair. I'm having so much fun on our Instagram page. Um, And you can always email us at wampaslayerpodcast at gmail.com. Yes. Anything else you got for us before we close out this Dark Side episode? That's all from me. All right. Well, as with the Dark Side, we will be back next time. (laughs) So thank you, everyone, so much for listening to this episode of the Wampas Lair Podcast. This has been episode number 413 using the dark side i am as always for carl i'm jason (laughs) and we'll see you next time here in the wampa's lair